Pickett, she lays it off to Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Yes, driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. a while but we're back with Radio Dove. Took a little hiatus after the A-League women's season. Josh Parrish here with Bakur Frimpong. Bakur, we're back with a bang though. We've got a big guest on the line. Absolutely. I'm very excited. I've wanted this guest for a while and you know finally found some time and I'm excited to have a really good um, chat today. Jeff Hopkins, coach of Melbourne Victory. Welcome to the show. Hi guys, how you going? It's good to to be here finally. (laughs) No, it's it's our pleasure, mate. Congratulations on the second successive championship win. What a wild ride that was! Yeah, look, I, I think um, it was uh, yeah, almost like a, a riding a roller coaster at, at times. Um, but look, yeah, I've, I've had a little bit of time now to uh, to sit back and to. Uh, to just kind of have a think about the season as, as a whole, and uh, yeah, it's uh, um, yeah, it's kind of doesn't doesn't look as look as bad when you look back on it as, as, as it was in terms of the. I think you, you soon you soon forget and you soon get over things. Um, but yeah, look at it. I think uh, in terms of in terms of the uh, the playing group, they put up with a with a great deal of uh, of disruption. Um, and, and uncertainty at times, uh, and it was probably for me the support I got from the club and the support I got from my um, coaching staff and medical staff was was fantastic. So, yeah, it's um, um, I guess looking back on it, it's uh, one a great effort from the from the playing group and two fantastic effort from the support staff to 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 really get through some of the some of the tough periods. And allow us to be in a position when we got to the finals where we could, you know, where we could actually play and, and put in a real, a real good performance. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's very enjoyable now just to look back on that. Thinking about this playing group, you know, we've had a few of the players on, and they've really spoken about how united and you know how special the group you know was, and how you guys, all three of the hurdles you guys had, just continually just you know moved on and, you know, progressed and built a stronger unit. Did you know you had a, such a special group from the start or is that something that just, you know, as the players said, grew? No, look, I, I think I think over time you, you build you build that group and it's probably the group that we had last year. We had uh, a very uh, physically and uh, I thought mentally tough group um, and we we did actually, we I say going back a little bit further, we we do kind of recruit uh, character as well. It's not just about the player. We we do our we do our homework on the players, uh, and we try and bring players in that uh, we have good reports on the good character, good people. Um, so that that kind of helps. Um, but also, yeah, we we do a, we do a fair bit of work on um, just on our team culture and what it means to play for us and be part of us and and. Yeah, um, and Gareth Gareth Turnbull, uh, um, my my assistant, did a he, he does a great job. He he kind of looks after that side of things, and he's got to take a, a lot of credit for that as well. Um, but yeah, look, I think uh, it's 
definitely making sure that you recruit the right people. Um, and yeah, it's not not just hundred uh, percent about football. It's about what type of players they are. Are they going to fit into our culture? You know, are they going to fit the team dynamics? And yeah, and that that definitely helps. But um, I think this year, as as a group, we we did we did lose some pretty big characters and some some quite uh, some quite influential leaders. We we lost Lisa Devana, we lost um, Annalie Longo, Angie Beard. We lost our captain. Um, and yeah, it was most probably. I I thought we were we we're going to be okay, but you, you never really know. But um, yeah, in terms of terms of players stepping up and and uh, you know when when they're asked to step up, just, you know in the moment being being great. I think uh, a number of a number of players did that this year for us. Well, speaking of losing big characters, at least on the park, you had to do do it without Kayla Morrison, who is uh, such a barometer for the side and someone who lifts the team when the going gets tough. Uh, obviously, she was around the group the entire season. We saw her her jersey hung on the back of the bench for the entire campaign, and there was that emotional moment uh, between her and Leah Previtelli after yep. the grand final win. But mm-hmm. how do you go about replacing somebody like her who is, as a player and as a character, irreplaceable yeah look I, I i agree i think she's um she when we lost kayla in that first game um obviously you lose a, a top quality central defender um and that that was a, that was a problem for us for sure um in terms of her as just just as a player it took us um we had to we had to adjust we had to adapt we had to play players out of position, and although Tiff came in, Tiff Eliades came in and did a did did a pretty good job, and so so did Amy Jackson. It wasn't their preferred position; they hadn't played there uh, for for quite a while, both of them. And it did it did kind of uh, we kind of got through a couple of games, but we were just kind of papering over. And yeah, we at the time we were looking for a replacement. Um, the window had closed, so we needed to get a free agent. Um, but we we had to get the right player in as well, so we did we did wait a little bit, and it kind of cost us a, in a couple of games. Um, but um, the patience paid off, and we we were able to bring in uh, uh, Brooke Brooke Hendricks, and uh, she she then kind of settled the settled the ship, and uh, things things were were okay or much much better then in terms of the the team and the and the defensive stability, but. Yeah, it's the other side of things was uh, was was more not not more of a worry, but um, a little bit of a worry then uh, to see how um, Kayla would react to to the injury, um, how that would affect her, how it affected the dynamics of the team as well. But yeah, um, she was she was absolutely magnificent. She she had a almost probably had a week where she had a little bit of a uh, almost like a mourning period. Got used to the fact that. Yeah, this is a serious injury. She was going to be out of the team for for a long time, um, and then she made her mind up that she was going to commit herself right the way through the season to the team and making sure that she can, uh, yeah, just give something back to the team. It wasn't going to be on the field, but um, off the field, she was she was amazing. And yeah, so she she was there at every training session basically um, right the way through apart from when she was in hospital. Uh, um, and then 
yeah, look, she was there at games. She was there to, yeah, our team breakfasts when she was there to talk to players to reassure one or two. Um, she was there and did just did a, a, a real captain's captain's role. Um, and she, look, I, I guess the other thing that she did was um, we we then had to ask other players to step up. Leah Privatelli, um, our, our our leadership group. Um, Melissa Mazels and they they needed help as well. Um, Leah especially was into a, a position that she was was a little bit foreign to her, um, and uh, Kayla really helped her as well. Um, and yeah, look, I think the the role she played in was probably helping helping Leah because um, Leah turned out to be a fantastic captain across the season she led by example but also she she grew as a as a leader through the season and uh yeah i think um, kayla's got to take a, a a fair bit of the credit for that as well now jeff uh, you know just as a person you're looking from the outside this team you know went through a lot of challenges and you know even kayla's you know being around that group a lot i'm assuming that comes a lot from you know building a solid foundation you know as a program for melbourne victory to attract players and also to keep players and to teach players you know as they go you know they go along their football journey what do you think the, those big what do you think you had to do to build that kind of culture when you got to melbourne victory yeah look it was um look i guess there, there are there were a number of things i think um we needed to maybe as a club commit to the commit to the players a little bit more than we did i think uh when I first came here, the the club was in a, a transition from from football Victoria to to victory, um, mm. and yeah, look, I, I was almost in a position where um, it was a lot of the roles weren't really defined, and we needed to, to step up as a club and and just to, just to put our hand up and say, yeah, this is our team, this is we're looking after this team, and and it and it. Kind of took a. There was a little. There was a little period of time where, um, as a club, that we kind of had to to realise that and and to and to step up. And once once that happened, things started to things started to happen and happen pretty quickly. Um, um, I guess in terms of the the players, I think it was probably the and and no, this is no disrespect to to anyone um, that we you know we. As a as a playing group, we didn't we didn't have the strongest playing group that we that we could have had, and we needed again we needed to commit as a club to to making sure that we um, that we brought in better players, players that maybe suited our game style a little bit better, um, and maybe start planning for the future as well by bringing some some good younger players that we could commit to for a, for a few seasons, um, and you know players. Like Kyra Cooney Cross, players like Melina Ayers that we could commit to for a number of seasons and say, look, we're committing to you. Uh, we we want to build this. We want to build this program. We want to build this team into a team that um, becomes a, a winning team and um, yeah, and looks after our players and helps develop our players. And I think that that doesn't happen overnight. And yeah, I think I guess what the the great thing about the club. Has been that they they did plan a three year plan and they did kind of say look okay year one uh, we want to see some sort of improvement but we you know it's it's all about 
what what we can do as a as a club as a team over over those three years to uh, to really build towards having a successful team out on the field because that's what we that's what we wanted and uh, yeah look I think uh, we brought I think we brought the right players in we brought the players in that were um, better quality players um, players that were hungry players that wanted to improve and we committed to making the team better and making the players individually better as well which is I think uh, which is definitely uh, uh, one of the one of the keys to, to to how we did things. Jeff, what's the next step uh, for victory here? Uh, we've got this fragmented landscape in women's football at the moment where players go off to play MPL or overseas in a very, very long A-League women's off-season. And w- with the ecosystem as it currently stands, what, in, what in, you, in your view, do you think victory have to grow and, and develop to make this more of a, a year-round program that you can commit to player development on a on a longer-term basis and you don't have this these kinds of, you know, I guess, interruptions in player development, not only for, you know, the establishment of victory as this uh, kind of dynasty that you're building here, uh, but also for the growth of women's football in Australia and, and the development of national team players as well. Yeah. Look, I think there's, there's, there's a number of things that need to be done some some by our club um some by mm. uh, the, the the national uh federation as well and uh and the league as well so uh i guess for us as a club we've we've made a start on an, on, a, on our elite girls pathway so we've uh we've now got a um elite elite girls um Program that, uh, in fact, I'll be heading there straight after this. Um, straight after this uh, interview, now to uh, um, we've we've got uh, at the moment it's one one day a week, and we we think we've got uh, the majority of the of the best players in in Victoria from under four, 14, 15, 16 up up to under eighteens, um, and that's uh, I guess for us it's a, it's a it's a way of number one. Re- Recruiting and and having a look at the, the the players that are out there. Number two, giving the players that are playing either um, in the uh, NCC program or uh, in their MPL clubs an extra day's training, which I think we've all identified as uh, our elite players need to need to play more football. They need to train a little bit more um, if they're going to improve. So. Um, Helping, helping that side of things as well, um, and uh, yeah. So, and then probably looking at um, that being the the next step into into our uh, into our W League, oh, it's W League, A League women's um, program. So, you know, I think we definitely need um, underpinning programs that um, um, so players can yeah be um, maybe. Uh, if I want the better words, trained in the way that we want them trained. Um, uh, they need extra work to make sure that they're they're technically technically sound, they're tactically sound when they when they get to 16, 17 years of age. That, you know, there's there's not things that are that are holding them back. Um, um, and I think that needs to be done by by ourselves. It needs to be done by I think all the uh, A League women's. Um, A-League women's clubs now that they need to get underpinning programs um, and 
get more involved in the development of, of the, the young girls that are coming through. Um, I think uh, in terms of us as well, um, and this, this needs to be um, facilitated as well by, by the league, that we need, we need to improve the structure of the league. Um, I know most, most coaches are uh, talking about uh, a, true, a true home and away. Um, more games over a longer period of time um, to to then give give our young players not just the, the kind of visibility of, of a league, but um, a league that's worthwhile and um, and it's going to help develop them in, to, towards the next level of uh, the next level of the game. Um, and I say that that can't be done by us alone and that's got to be um, facilitated by the by the league um, and an FFA um, th- through there um, I think uh, uh, another another massive thing is obviously we've got the World Cup coming next year um, that's going to be or that could potentially be a massive growth area for for the game um, I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a, a huge success in terms of the competition itself Um but I think alongside that, what's going to really help um, really kick the game on and leave a bit of a legacy or a, or a big legacy after after the World Cup's gone is yeah is, is the performance of uh, of the team. I think it's so it's really pivotal that um, that the, the team do well that they. They uh, they play well. They um, they go they go a long way. And yeah, look if we could see our our Matildas team in the semi-finals or the final, it'd be just a massive boost to the game. And you know, looking at the looking at the team and the players that we've got, there's there's no reason why we can't do that. And yeah, look, I think that side of the things, you know, you've got to you've got to create those those role models and those heroes for for our young young players to to aspire to uh, and I think we're, we're doing that quite well at that level now we we need to give them a pathway as well that allows them to to reach there if that's what they want so our, our underpinning programs have got to be right um, the league's got to be good and obviously uh, then that will lead to I'm sure it's something that we're looking at is a is a 12 month of the year program where we can we can have players with us for 12 months of the year and they can be full-time full-time players in this country um, with with Melbourne Victory Football Club and yeah so if we can if we can get close close to that in the next few years um, then I think the game will be looking really healthy and uh, the future will be looking healthy as well. Jeff, it's a really insightful answer. Unfortunately, midway through, uh, you committed the cardinal sin of calling it the W League. So uh, anytime yes, someone yes, does that on this program, uh, we've been making uh, the same mistake all season. Uh, it's it's one in the swear jar, I'm afraid. Since 1990. Oh, excuse me. Uh, apparently that sting's not working. There's usually a cash register sound effect that plays. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I don't have to give a, a dollar for every time I've, I've said that this year, actually. <laughs> I don't know what the fine system is at, at Melbourne Victory, but, uh, <laughs> but, but for us, it's one in the share jar. <laughs> now, Jeff, yeah. I can't yeah. not ask this question just because you're one of the best coaches, you know, in this country. Have you ever thought about, you know, coaching national team or, you know, obviously you've built something amazing at Melbourne Victory. Are you like, quite content at staying in Melbourne Victory and, you know, f- fully seeing that out? Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy here. And obviously there's, 
Um, I'd love to, to follow through on what we're doing at Victory at the moment. We've got a, um, a board and we've got a football director that's really keen to, to help build this, this program to make it the best, best in the country. And, I, you know, that's, that's, that's all I'm, that's all I'm really focused on at the moment. Um, I, I actually have been involved with the, with the national teams when I first came in up, up with, uh, with Brisbane. Um, I, I coached the under twenties team um, in a, just a, a span of the, the world cup, world cup qualifiers. I, in fact, we had a, a team that was full of these, uh, uh, the, of, of the team that's actually playing for the Matildas at the moment. So with, with Sam Kerr and yeah, Emily Gilnick and yeah, look, uh, basically nearly 90% of the group were in that team. So, um, I, I, I've got to coach those girls and coach them. At, uh, we went over to Vietnam and, and uh, in a qualification series there, so and and we and we didn't qualify, so that's probably uh, with a better coach, we most probably would have uh, <laughs> would have done a little, maybe should have done a little bit better. But now I've I've had a taste of that, and it's I really enjoyed it. But uh, at the moment, my uh, my days are pretty full with uh, making this the best team that I poss- that we possibly can in in the lands. What do you make of the Matildas at the moment? I'm, I'm sure you were you were glued to the the New Zealand friendlies recently. Uh, we were pretty encouraged by by some of the improvements we saw in those games. Uh, just as a as a fan of women's football and as, as someone who's passionate about it, what do you what do you make of the side and how they're progressing towards the World Cup? Yeah, look, I I, I rate that side re- really highly, and yeah, look, um, and I, I've got trust in I've got trust in the coach that he everything he's talking about he's 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 got a plan. He's uh, I think um, it was some of the results early on. Obviously, were unfortunate in terms of um, losing games. But I, I liked I liked the uh, I liked the kind of process around how he was doing things. So yeah, look, um, I'm 100% behind him and 100% and behind the. Uh, the group of players as well. We've got a, a fantastic group of players, and I think I think that's it's it's very very easy to be negative and to to look at some of the some of the results and say they should have been better than and most probably they should have done. But um, I think uh, um, we need to get we need to get behind them. We need to I think especially coming into coming into the World Cup at home. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on on the players, and they've got to see like. A, a real united front behind them, and I think if we can make sure that we do get behind them and really and really uh, really back them, I think uh, I think this could be uh, just having the World Cup here is going to be amazing anyway. But having a World Cup where our our girls are, are playing well, our girls are winning games, our girls are progressing to the latter stages, it's going to be so exciting, and it's just going to give the the whole, uh, the whole of the, um, the whole of the country, a real buzz, and uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable. I'm confident that um, the team's heading in in the right direction, and uh, I'm, I'm confident that they'll do well when the when push comes to shove, in the in the real big games. Now, as a coach, you know of Melbourne Victory, you've got a lot of players in that you know Matilda's you know set up at the moment. 
one of your key players, Alex Chidiak, you know, had a phenomenal season this year and she's, you know, getting back into that Matilda's, you know, group again. What position yep. do you see as her, like, true position? Because, like, there's been talk of her as a number six and, you know, playing a little bit higher as a number 10. What do you see her as, like, her, like the spot that she plays her best football? Yeah, look, look, Alex is um, it's just a really talented player. Um, yeah, she can, and that's that's the the good thing I think she's shown this year is that that um, she can she can play as that uh, she can play as a, an outright number ten. Um, but I, I think I think she prefers to to start a little bit deeper um, and and to move forward. She's she's a very very clever, intelligent player and. Um, I think to to just drop her into the hole and to allow her to be marked doesn't kind of suit her game. Mm. Um, she 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 likes to drift, um, so almost like a a bit of an eight that you know when when we're deeper in the build up she gets involved in the build up, gives the ball off to other players and then as play develops she she drifts forward and then picks the ball up again maybe in that number ten role. Is just in front of the back four in the pockets of space, but she gets into those positions. She goes, drifts into them, and she goes into them at, in her own time and at, at the right moment. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think uh, definitely she's a she's a player that needs to be. You need to get the ball to further upfield because she can create. She's she can she can see the passes. She can dribble. She commits defenders really well draws them in and plays really well timed passes. Um but uh but also um yeah I think uh I think giving her a little bit of a role where she can she can kind of drift drift forward into into those positions uh, would really suit her. Um but again and then you look at her again and you look at the other side of her game. She worked so hard for us this year without the ball. Uh she you know she's only a she's only a a, a small, a small player, but she, uh, yeah, she, the amount of work she gets through, she she can tackle. She's physically physically good, um, quick off the mark. So, yeah, look, she's. Um, if if I was looking at uh, getting close to a complete midfielder, then she's she's not too far off it. And so, and uh, yeah, so I guess the other thing about her is that she has got that versatility. So you you can. You know, if that's if that's the role that you want for her, this um, a bit of a freer role where she can move around. You can also ask her to do a disciplined role as well, which we we had we had to do a few times this year when she could just uh, okay go in and do a go in and do a job for you and uh, and get the get that job that disciplined defensive job done as well. I think that's spot on, Jeff. I mean, uh, her performances for victory this season have really, I, I guess, exposed the myth of, of Chids as a luxury player. She's so hardworking mm-hmm. and the amount of tackles she yeah. makes. Um, we, we've got to let you go soon because we know you're a busy man. Uh, one of your new duties is uh, coaching the Afghan women's national team here in Victoria. How special has that yes. been for you? Uh, it's, it's been fantastic. And I, I started to do it um, during the season. Obviously, it was I was quite limited to the amount of uh, the amount of time I could spend with the with the, with the women, but yeah, just just being around them gives me a real buzz. Uh, some of the personal stories, yeah, just yeah, just get you really emotional just even thinking about them. Uh, and yeah, just we played our first game on the weekend, and 
just to see them out there playing together as as a group again was was uh, was excellent. And uh, yeah, we uh, we had a really a really a really good day. Um, uh, the team are coming together nicely. Uh, we're just starting to uh, um, get a bit more regular with our with our training now. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, I say it's when yeah when you when you kind of think of the the story of the of, of the group and then you, some of the individual stories, um, you, it just makes you wanna wanna work with them make you want to want to help them and yeah just uh yeah I, I just uh i just love being being a part of it and yeah it's been it's been great the way that the club have embraced them as well and yeah it's uh it's going to be a really i'm i'm kind of committing to them for the for the rest of the season so it's going to be really good for me to uh to work for them and get back to you know um, these players just that what they've been through just the just to kick a football around, it's just uh, yeah, just does makes you think it's uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy what's what's going on in the country there, and female players not being allowed to to play football is just yeah, just quite upsetting and makes you quite emotional. So yeah, it's uh, I, I just love being a part of this group, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. Now, Jeff, before you go, last question. I saw a photo with the puppy and the the girls. I've got to know whose puppy was it because it was a very cute puppy. I don't, I don't know. They pick it out of like a, a dog modeling agency or something. It was quite good. No, that, Nilab came off and she with a cramp and uh, the dog kind of jumped through the fence and uh, came and just sat on her lap. Um, I found out it was actually um, her, her dog. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so the dog was obviously a little bit um, concerned about her. So, um, so the, the little uh, the little dog came through. It was a beautiful little dog, actually. So, uh, we're a, we're a definitely a dog friendly team as well. So. <laughs> well, if that's what happens when anybody goes down injured, I think you're going to have a lot of injuries this season, Jeff. So <laughs> I want to watch out for that. Jeff. Actually, that's a that's a good point. I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, thank you so much for your time. We think it's fantastic what you're doing and what the club's doing with uh, with the Afghan women's national team. If people don't know that uh, it, they've been entered into football Victoria competitions this season as they. Uh, uh, seek refuge in Australia and uh, it's just so great to see him back out on the field. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for your time and uh, best of luck with this and, and with the Victory Program going forwards. Great, thanks a lot. Good having a chat.